Welcome back to the all-new DJ BJ podcast. Today we'll have our first guest since the reboot of the podcast, and I couldn't be more excited. We are going to attempt to tackle the subject of gender roles. have on the show our first guest, uh, my friend Michael Barlows. Michael, welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, Michael Barlows, just to tell you about him, he is an actor and director in our community scene here. He is also a vocal coach, which has been hampered by the pandemic, but he's fantastic. Take it from me. Hmm. Uh, He is an arranger, a singer, songwriter, host of Song Selection Sundays, and he's a vocalist in the band Not Fast Enough. Did I cover all that correctly? You sure did. Uh, additionally, he is an avid Smash Brothers player. Love it. A Halo fan, which should tell you something about his age. <laughs> and uh, recently into Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome, Michael. Hi, Brian. So, as you know, I initially wanted to think of uh, a few questions to ask you on this topic. Mm-hmm. I've changed my mind. Okay. <laughs> I think that if I ask you one question, every other topic will be covered. Okay. So let me start by saying, Michael, what do you think about gender roles? What a <laughs> horrible and great first question. Uh, so, um, that, that's a lot more <laughs> vague than I thought you'd be starting out. Uh, I, I think gender roles are are largely antiquated. I think that they are are unnecessary in today's society and they they may have been necessary at one point to to get specific jobs done in this in a specific way but we i think as a society and as people have evolved enough to where where it it shouldn't even be a question of whether we need them or not it should just be that there should just be human roles. There should be roles in in industry. There should be roles in business. There should be roles in education that are dictated based on a very diverse and and very informed set of criteria that isn't just bisectional, right? So we for so long we we split everything down like, hey, pay pay discrepancy, men versus women. Okay. Well, that, that should be a non-factor now because why does it, why does it matter? I mean, it, it matters because women still are paid objectively less than men in most fields. That's why it should matter. But the, the it actual scope of it shouldn't matter right. now Yeah, because it, it makes no sense. It just doesn't make sense. So, okay, you said something earlier. I'm going to go back to one of your earlier statements because you okay. covered a lot of ground just then. <laughs> um, what do you think about the idea that uh, our our society and our technology has evolved faster than us? And let me clarify the question. You Gender roles in the past may have mattered when things were primitive and you needed certain people to hunt, you know, 
maybe the men would go out and hunt because they had spears and maybe they could handle a little bit more abuse. And now, well, <laughs> well I, not to cut you off, yeah. but I, I think that it, it may have been more cultural back then mm. to just say, okay, I am a hunter. I'm going to go hunt. Cause a, a woman or a, I guess a, member of the female sex could just as easily have picked up a spear and gone hunting or trained to hunt. It was just so you know, in that community, in that society. I kind of disagree with that. And, and let me tell you why. Okay. Um, because of natural selection, the way that it would have gone is bigger, better hunters like Gaston would have made, <laughs> would have made it right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and propagated their, their race, their species or their babies, whatever. Right. Um, so, Smaller men would have probably been kind of, you know, taken out of the equation through natural selection. Smaller men, I think, would also represent what would happen if females at that time were going out and hunting with the men. And so one of the things that I think makes gender roles irrelevant now is that there is no job a man can do that a woman cannot do just as well. Um, I agree with that. So uh, another example would be power steering changed who drove 18-wheel trucks. So, so mm-hmm. now that may not be a great example of how gender roles were, were necessary evolutionary, that I, evolutionarily speaking, mm-hmm. but at some point they made sense. They no longer make sense at all now. But I wonder if our technology has grown much faster than we have evolved. So that takes me back to the question. I just wanted to try to paint a picture may, of that. Maybe not even physically, just societally and, and mentally humans are for whatever reason, stuck. I shouldn't even say all humans. Uh, you know, a fraction of us, a portion of us, still believe that men should be doing one thing and women should be doing uh, another thing. And that's not even taking into account uh, anybody who who counts themselves as gender fluid or or transgender or uh, non-binary in any way uh, or genderless. There there are people that that view themselves that that feel that they are uh, identifying that way as well and and all of those to me are are legitimate things that should be honored not necessarily not necessarily uh, used to identify someone specifically in a workplace mm-hmm. but they they should be honored yeah. you know if you want to identify yourself some in a certain way you should just be able to, <laughs> to be able do to that, and, and that that brings up a, a larger kind of question. Like now that now that we're at a spot where LGBTQ rights and transgender rights and all of these, I mean, I guess not new advancements, but now that they're now that these are really coming to the forefront and really are being pushed by the millennial and post-millennial generations, you start to get into this gray area where if you look back into even just the previous generation from ours, men do one thing, women do another thing. Is that the gender that you're talking about? Or is that the actual sex? Right. Is that the biological sex? So if you have a, a trans man, going in to apply for a job does does the owner of a company that that is that is um, you know interviewing a trans man for a position 
would somebody who is trying to enforce gender roles count that person as a male or a female? Right. Yeah. Because biologically they're a female. They were born as a female. Mm -hmm. But their gender, their their gender that they identify as and how they should be seen and accepted by the world is male. Yeah. So what uh, you know? So that it really doesn't make sense to <laughs> think doesn't in that way at all, <laughs> right? So I wanted to go back about um, respecting people uh, for how they identify and simplify this for some people who may listen, because um, I try to look at everything every which way and try to play devil's advocate if it's not a hateful thing to do in that situation, um, and, and <laughs> say this, <laughs> and say this. This is a very simple concept, and here's how I will illustrate it. If you were a teacher and you were reading off the roster of kids in your class for the first time, and you mispronounced a few of their names because they were spelled differently than what you were used to, you would ask them how it was pronounced, and then you would call them that. And it's just about respect. You may not name your child that, or you may not spell it that way, but that's what they want to be called, and it's just about respect. Everything is just that simple. So, <laughs> like, I, wish, I wish it was that it should but, but be. It is. I, I, I mean, wish it was. Just because people want to overcomplicate it doesn't mean that it, it in itself is not a simple concept. They just don't want to see it. Well, it's a, it's a simple concept if you look at the broad picture, but there there are so many intricacies in there. It's a multifaceted thing because you, especially getting into, I don't know, I don't know if you want to jump into <laughs> all of the dimensions of of gender or, or sex or fluidity. I don't think we have time. I don't think we do either. <laughs> uh, but all of those things have slightly different considerations to take into account because they're, they're all marginally different. Yeah. Right. So, so you can, you can have the, the big blocks, right? You have heterosexual males or females that, that identify as their cisgender. So they, they were born with as a male or born as a female biologically and they choose to identify as their born gender right you have all of those people and then the other big block that that you can kind of look at falls under the lgbtq community and so if you think about uh, if I got. I don't want to say normal people. A, a, a typical person that that doesn't have the the scope. If they if they are just ignorant to the topic. Mm -hmm. If they see heterosexual people and homosexual people as two groups, that's largely downplaying everybody that's included In under the, the LGBTQ yeah. plus umbrella. Right. Because it's such a massive and diverse set of people mm -hmm. that and the and those diversities and those those subsets don't necessarily apply to heterosexual people right so you it it is a broad and very basic topic of respect right you think about it as you should just respect whatever people say they're going to do yeah but if you if you if you split it up into just those two big groups, you're, you're bisecting again. Yeah. It's just a, a larger, more convoluted way of saying men versus women. And you're, you're just downplaying any of the, the intricacies of each individual that is a member of the LGBTQ plus community. 
So because there's so many. I'm gonna I'm gonna redirect because that was good, but I also like to keep my podcast nice <laughs> and short. Okay. Um, it's not gonna be short, but I'm gonna redirect to you <laughs> and ask you about your personal experiences with gender roles when it came to the holidays. Oh, I okay. feel like you dealt with some stuff this winter. Oh uh, yeah, so uh, I mean, I I deal with things every every winter, <laughs> every winter. So I I love Christmas. I think it is absolutely the greatest time of the year, far and away the best holiday. Uh, I also accept that people don't like Christmas uh, for for personal reasons, or they they don't buy into the hype, or they think it's too commercial. I don't really buy into the commercial part of Christmas. I just think it's a a wonderful time and I love decorating. Uh, And so my apartment is always like covered with decorations. You've been understatement. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas everywhere. So we like this year we had uh, one full size tree, like one seven foot, like really big round tree, two seven foot pencil trees uh, two shorter trees that were still like full width and then a couple smaller trees. So we had like eight trees in our apartment. Wait, now let me see if I can figure out where you're going with this. You have eight trees in your apartment and your wife decorated them all. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly where I'm going with this. Uh, so, so I, I do all of the decorating. Um, she, she will do like organizational things. So she, we, we, operate really well together decorating in general um but she'll do like shelving units and and, like arrange things i don't have that type of eye Mm. but i far and away all of the christmas stuff like trees garland uh lights stuff like that i do everything yeah so at my office i work in an office uh with all women so i'm the i'm the only guy there okay and the it's me and seven ladies that work there. And it's the same is true for my office. So whenever the Christmas season comes around, I'm the one that does all the decorating. I put all the garland up. I put our tree up and I decorate it. Uh, we have a couple of wreaths, whatever. I put all the decorations up. And without fail, any customer that comes in during the Christmas season that happens to comment on the Christmas decorations will automatically assume one of my coworkers did it. Mm. Uh, I'm the last person they think that does it because they assume a woman will do it. Yeah. And so, and, and some people, this to the point where some people get uncomfortable if they ask somebody that works there, one of my coworkers, like there was one woman specifically that came in this year. Only, only one person this year. It's been worse in past years, but this lady came in, and she was she must have been a, a fan of Christmas or at least a fan of Jesus. <laughs> and uh, oh, God. <laughs> she came in and she was like, "Oh, this looks so good in here. You have so many decorations. It's so nice to to walk into an office building and and see all these decorations out. Uh, which one of you which one of you did it? Do you all kind of pitch in or?" Or just one of you do it, and my my coworker pointed over to me, the the tall, bald, beard <laughs> bearded man, and she's like, "Oh yeah, my coworker Michael does all of it. He he stayed in on his lunch one day and decorated the whole office." And the woman was like silent for the rest of her stay, like <laughs> the rest of her transaction. She was just at my coworker's desk, uncomfortable. 
Yeah. And I, I, that blows my mind. Like I, I, as a man should be able to de- yeah. <laughs> decorate for Christmas. Yeah. But I also understand that, that people are still stuck in those, in those mindsets. And that's, that's why, well, part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this specific topic with you today. So how does, if you could briefly explain to me how reactions like that make you feel. I, at first I, I didn't really know how to react cause I, I've never been uncomfortable about it. I, I've always been very secure in, in what I like. Just, I mean, just like talking about Super Smash Brothers or, or Dungeons and Dragons or things like that. I, I know that those stereotypically are like nerdy things, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care. No, who <laughs> I don't has care time about that. that. I don't exactly. I, I really don't have the time. You and I are both very busy guys. I don't have the time to spend worrying about what other people will think of me based on what I like to do. And I just want to jump in and say, if anyone is listening, 2020 has taught us all of that. We don't know what's coming. Do the stuff that you like. Okay, go ahead, Michael. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do the stuff that you like, for sure. But I, as, as it progressed, as I saw it more, it almost made me not frustrated for myself, but it made me frustrated for those people that were reacting that way. Mm. Like, I just want to go up and just like shake them and be mm-hmm. like, Hey man, like what are you not doing there? There, there's something that you legitimately enjoy. Yeah. I guarantee there's something you white lady at the title office who <laughs> can't believe that the only guy decorated for Christmas, there's something that you enjoy that you do not tell anybody about. I guarantee it. And mm. there's something that she enjoys that she's ashamed of because socially it's unacceptable for one reason or another. Just yeah. like it's it's unacceptable for a man to to decorate an office with tinsel and garlic. Like all of our and all of our ornaments are like pink and purple too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like <laughs> And I mean, the colors, if you can look at the color spectrum, so many colors are, are gender specific. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, from birth. You can... And that's just perception. That's just information that our right. eyes give to our right. brains. That's wild. Horrible. But because of that, you know, that just intensified her mm. bias towards that situation. And so I, I don't think I have ever felt uncomfortable if people have reacted that way to me. Mm. I, I've never really been mad at anybody for doing it. I, sometimes I think it's like that story I thought was hilarious because like, there's no reason for her to get so worked up that she becomes silent right? because of something like that. But I, th- I think that that things like that have helped me along the way to real, especially over the past couple years, like 2018 through the present have really been huge growth years for me in just accepting not only what I choose to believe about myself, but also being more open to just accepting other people, even if it's, even if it's not like trendy acceptance, you yes. know what I mean? Yes. Okay. So I really actually want to talk about that. Okay. I want to talk about 
briefly two experiences that I had. And I think that one of them covers trendy acceptance because some people are evolving to this more fluent type of human being that is easier to get along with and open to so many more things. Mm -hmm. And some people are just a little bit more old fashioned and there's an acceptable version of old fashioned and there's an unacceptable version of old fashioned. And um, so anyway, so I have two stories. One, if you, if you get to know me, I am very different than when you first meet me. Mm-hmm. So people who got to know me uh, at the tail end of my marriage that, that no longer exists um, got to realize I was really into song and dance, you know, into musical theater. Uh, I'm really interested in tap dance. I write music, things like that. And I, uh, I can be very expressive when I'm excited. I speak with my hands. So <laughs> when I got divorced, everyone decided to say and to choose to use this as some sort of an insult they got divorced because Brian is gay. Brian is gay because he's in theater. Mm. Isn't that wild? Been there. Now, <laughs> with my recent relationship, some of her friends think that I am a brute. Mm. You know, so they think that I'm this old-fashioned knuckle-dragging guy because I'm a construction worker and I'm larger. So it's kind of like it's frustrating. So when you talk about the trendy acceptance, uh the people from up north that are friends with my my fiance now, uh, they offer trendy acceptance, but I think that they are missing the point of overall acceptance, which is I can swing a hammer, you know, I <laughs> I can shoot a gun, I can also sing uh, a Broadway tune, and I will. So <laughs> and I will so, right now. <laughs> so uh, the thing about acceptance is it's not just accepting what's new, but accepting all things that are right, meaning no bigotry. No hate. That stuff can leave. Well, yeah, and that, that's I think where the fine line comes in. Yeah. For especially for people in our generation and after, there, there are so many people that are caught up in, in cancel culture for anybody that's not yeah. mega progressive. Yeah. Uh, that it, it becomes almost like a game to seek out people who do not believe in in things that line up exactly with what you line up with and you know, part of acceptance is also exchanging information and exchanging knowledge. Yes. You know, acceptance is if you boil it down to what acceptance is, you're just accepting a fact, right? You're, you're accepting something to, to be true or at least to be right. And like, if you use it in, in the form of like a scientific method acceptance would be at the end of the scientific method. You accept all of the things that you have seen, you accept things to, to be as they are, but you don't get there by just saying that that's it. You know, (laughs) that's what's, that's what it is. So I accept it. You can't, you can't just produce it and accept it. You have Mm -hmm. to exchange. There has to be, a change of hands with this knowledge. So if I could sit down in a room with the woman who assumed that one of my coworkers put up Christmas decorations and say, Hey, what, you know, what is your issue with me putting up Christmas decorations? And it's probably, it probably has nothing to do with the actual decorations. No. It has nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. It's her assumption going into 
an office building and seeing decorations up, seeing the colors that were used, and assuming somebody you somebody decorated this well. Oh. First of all, it was very nice and neat and orderly. And I used pinks and purples and silvers and, and whites, which are, are typically, I guess not, I shouldn't say even typically, they are, they have been in the past associated with more of a female touch. Yeah. She comes in and looks at that and she just assumes. And that's nothing, that's not to say that she is wrong. Right. Because there are so many things in society that say, oh, if it's pink and purple and sparkly, it has to be for a girl. Yeah. It has to be a princess or a unicorn or or a fairy castle or something like that. And that's not that's not necessarily her fault. So, so, uh, so something I would like to add to this is we don't know, but potentially she could have gone silent because of being embarrassed because she felt transparent. Now that's also true. And so and so Michael started off this by saying, So what if you sat her and I down in a room and we were to talk? That, to me, is the right mindset because people may have different reactions and it may not necessarily come from a place of total hate. Maybe, maybe right. shock, disbelief, embarrassment, you know. And so I think a big key here is just communicating. There's a difference between hateful ignorance and ignorance. Well, and that's that's where the the difficulty factor comes in. Mm. It's It's easy for me to say, hey, unassuming woman at my office let's sit down and have a copy <laughs> and, and talk about christmas decorations mm. it's different when you have a millennial or a post-millennial who who is very open a post-millennial okay go on <laughs> i am so sorry they need to rename that generation they need to that is the wrong name for that uh, uh -huh. if you if you have somebody in one of those two generations <laughs> yeah that that's very open and and very fluid very comfortable with with expressing openly who they know themselves to be and then on the other side of the table you have a very staunch conservative old-fashioned elderly person uh -huh. two very different first of all the the age separation alone yes huge is is daunting if you go into that situation the the difficulty factor comes into play when those two people are asked to sit down and share and exchange knowledge yeah that that becomes much more scary because it's easy for me as an adult person who is close in age to this woman at my office and i say you know, this is a pretty innocuous thing. Like, these are Christmas decorations. Like, let's talk about our differing views on who should be able to decorate an office. But it's different when a very young person who's comfortable with the progressive mindset goes to an old, a much older person and says, hey, can we sit down and talk about gender fluidity? Something that w wasn't even in the dictionary when this person was young. Yeah. You know? It's a completely foreign topic, and so that is very scary for the old person mm. because as, as an old and wise elder, they should theoretically have things to pass down to this right. younger person, and they now are, are being taught something new. Okay, so I'm going to stop you for, for the sake of time. I'm going to ask you to say 
Let's, let's envision this older person. Let's envision this millennial. Okay, they're and they're so far apart. You get one sentence to give helpful advice. First of all, to the uh, the older person, you get one sentence. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if I'm actually the person to give that sentence. Um, I, you know, I would. I don't, I don't know if it can be done in one sentence because the, the well, first... Well, there's multiple... Okay, so the first piece of advice, let's say that. It's not everything they need to know, but if you could say one thing. The, the correct thing to say, I think, would be, you know, I, I as a person, love you and I respect you, mm. but I don't necessarily agree with you. Okay, now... Now, now, I'm going to have you do that again because you are not in the conversation. You're giving them advice before they have the conversation with each other. Oh, so I'm talking to both of them separately before yes. they meet? Yep. Okay, one more time to the elder. Well, uh, well, I would say the same thing to both of them. Okay. I would I would tell them to, to enter as, as much as they can, enter with without the biases that they have come up with. I agree, uh, and that goes both ways. I, I absolutely a, a lot agree. of a lot of people will will say, "Oh yeah, that's you know older generations. They they were born and raised with this bisectional system. They they don't mm. understand how things are really made to be nowadays, and they're going to come in with all this bias." While that may be true, young people also have a full set of bias mm -hmm. uh, that that are used against. Elderly people, and not even yeah. not even elderly people, people that are in previous generations. The the bias runs deep in both of those. Absolutely, but that's, those that's also human nature. I don't know if we are going to be out of time at thirty here. So to sum this up, uh, I'm going to say everybody just keep open minds, keep open hearts, ask questions from a good place. I don't really think that there are many questions that are off limits if they're not coming from a hateful place. Learn about each other. Um, so we're going to take just a, a couple seconds break here, and then I'm going to ask Michael some personal questions about himself. Okay, Michael. Uh, so obviously you and I, we could talk about this for days. Yes. And so I'm going to have you back <laughs> on in the future. Awesome. In the meantime, I'd like to get to know you a little bit better. Sweet. Uh, first of all, I mentioned that you like to play Smash Brothers. Uh, mm. Favorite system for Smash Brothers? Uh, favorite system currently uh, is the Switch, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Mm. If they were it, all accessible, would you still say Switch? Um, I think if there was a port for Super Smash Brothers Melee, yes, of onto course, the Switch, absolutely, I would like it. Uh, but I also, I still own a GameCube, so yeah. So I'll play. I'll play melee every day. Let me tell you something. Melee was the right answer. <laughs> I, I, I knew. Is. I knew that it was the right answer. There is no right answer, but I if knew there were. Um, so, <laughs> what is it that you like about that game? I like the community aspect. It's it's fun to you know play different characters and and get better at a game. But what's what's more fun about Super Smash Brothers for me is really what's leaving gaming in general. In droves, which is couch co-op. Yes, so getting together with with four to eight of your your friends that also like playing Super Smash Brothers mm -hmm. and just playing for like two or three hours. The social aspect is huge. Yeah, yeah, that's the perfect game to order do a pizza, have some snacks, 
make jokes, laugh. Right. The first time I played with you, I didn't know you well. We were at Chris's house, mm -hmm. and I just like to talk trash. Yeah. But I like talking trash more when I lose. Right. Because it makes it help. It's like, if I talk trash and I win, I feel bad. Right. And, uh, oh man, Michael and one other guy, they were killing me. Um, I can hold my own, but uh, Michael is good. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. You said you're a Halo fan. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that, but I am going to ask you, have you ever played Destiny? on xbox i tried it and i did not like it it's the same game it's not the same game at all. <laughs> not seen, the same you game you should have seen all. his face just now <laughs> destiny is well that's a whole different podcast destiny is too convoluted halo is like simple i believe it's it well the problem with destiny is that it started like on the back of halo mm -hmm. so halo started so small and so simple with their first game and it was like it was given time to expand and destiny was like look at all of these millions of things yeah, it's, that it's you can do game. and i don't care about any of those characters uh, um touching on dungeons and dragons briefly you said that you were going to be moving into being a uh dungeon master is that what it's called i'm gonna try okay yeah. so what does that mean uh so a dungeon master basically runs runs the game so it's a, a role-playing game it's a live action role-playing game that you can play either on a tabletop or, or virtually and the the dungeon master is control is controlling the story so they they set up the world and they kind of give the the context for all of the characters to okay. to meet up so um you also are into uh and when we talked about stereotypically being a nerd uh yeah it's happening. Both of us. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you talk. We talked about that. Now you're into some uh, Pokemon Go as well, correct? Oh, absolutely. Um, what Again, is again the the community aspect? Yeah, you yeah. knew I was going to ask that. Yep. Go on. No, that's it. I, I I was a huge Pokemon fan when when I was a child, and this was a a cool thing to kind of get into as an adult. That's it's not very time consuming. Um, but it's still fun. Yeah, like everybody pulls out their phone and looks at it periodically. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of nice to be doing something where at least you're making some forward motion, not just staring at a tic-tac. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, can I ask you, uh, do you feel comfortable sharing your trainer code for anyone who might want to add you on Pokemon? Oh, code? yeah, I don't care. Go for it. <laughs> okay. My trainer code is 54630651. Three nine one two, and I'll give you mine as well. Uh, five four zero seven zero two four one nine eight two zero. And if you could briefly tell me a little bit about your song selection Sundays, Michael, because this thing, this thing, I, you know, I don't think either one of us realized that it was going to be as cool, successful, and long running as it is. No. Uh, tell us about it. What is it, and when is it? So I, I operate i'm in charge of well i host i hope yeah i host uh i host a live stream once a week every sunday at 7 p.m uh, on facebook so you can find that at song selection sundays with michael barlos on facebook um yeah and i have a, a different guest on every week we we talk about uh, different things that that pertain to that guest kind of talk about music a little bit and we we play live music and it's it started out as just kind of a way to keep my chops in shape when things started shutting down last year i uh i was sad as 
many musicians and, and actors were that we didn't know when we would be back on stage together. So I said, hey, you know, even if this only lasts a couple months, I need to still be, be in good shape to play music. So maybe I'll just play live a couple weeks. And people started really catching on to it. And I had a, a friend say, hey, I'd, I'd like to do that too. I'd like to, to play music on Facebook. I said, well, why don't we just play together? <laughs> and then I started scheduling guests and that was last May. And now I'm scheduled through almost this May. So this would be season two of Song Selection Sundays. I kind of, I split it up into series. So like two month series. Okay. Every, every two months I kind of switch up or try something new, a new piece of technology or a new way to stream or something like that. So this is technically series five okay series five series five and one more question for you tell me what the barleys are (laughs) (laughs) uh the the barleys uh started this is a fun question um so our our mutual friend chris stack has um a a community awards system called the stackies and chris and i are we we have gotten pretty close over the last few years. Uh, and so I had a couple years ago, 2018, I think, 17, 18, I started my own series of awards called the Barleys. And they're just a, a fun thing. It's it's nothing really serious. I, I don't really pick winners anymore. Uh, I, that's how it started. It was like, these are just like the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're like winners and losers and, and like negative awards. And I was like, mm. I don't know. That That's not really what what this should be about anymore. It's not, it's not supposed to be a vehicle to tear people down or, or have people lose up against other people. So uh, 2020 especially was a really cool year to do them because typically we would go out and see a bunch of shows live and almost none of that happened. So yeah. it was it was interesting to kind of pull inspiration from what people were using technology for last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And kind of use the Barleys as a way to recognize those people without putting them head to head against other people in specific categories. So like Dom, our friend Dom, who is a beautiful, incredible dancer. In- Incredible dance. Uh, but is also incredibly intelligent. Yeah. He, he was a math teacher for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a ser- like a math series on Facebook that that I awarded. Like nobody else would be <laughs> in the category like math shorts on Facebook. <laughs> but you know, it was it was a, a very cool year d- despite all of the horrible, scary things that are going on and are continuing to go on. It was a, a strangely optimistic year for for people really overcoming these hurdles that have been set by COVID-19. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, we are going to wrap that up. I want to thank you for coming on the show. I thank also you. want to say, as far as uh, the Barleys go, thank you for that as well, because it does <laughs> make community theater and other versions of local performing more fun for some people who maybe aren't going to move out to the East Coast or the West Coast. And, you know, I, I, for instance, am a scientist, but I still want to, you know, I still appreciate getting acknowledgement in the theater and music that I do. Uh, so you guys using your free time to do that is really nice. It's really upbuilding. Thank um, you. We're going to have Michael on the show again because we could just talk for hours. So we will. 
um, over. We didn't even really get to the. We didn't <laughs> get to the meat of the topic. Uh, we well, I think we covered some. Good we stuff. oh yeah, Co covered good ground, but you know, that's such a massive, huge, such a massive topic. Okay, well, uh, this has been the DJ BJ podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.